Hi, and welcome to the Phenomics HealthCast. My name is Colleen Fogarty-Draper, CEO and co-founder of Phenomics Health. This is the first installment in a series of Confessions of a Dietitian, where we talk to real-life experts about their life experiences with health and healing. Today, I'm going to tell you about my continuous glucose monitoring experiment and the five things I've learned. But first, let me give you an introduction. So what is a CGM? A CGM is a continuous glucose monitor. These were originally created for diabetics to monitor their blood sugar throughout the day. And they've been very effective for diabetics to be able to understand and adjust their therapy to modulate their blood sugar control. However, these devices have been improved uh, further and they're um, now widely um, available to people who want to monitor their health, whether they're pre-diabetic, diabetic, or not um, diagnosed with anything, to understand how they can eat and how they can exercise um, and live their day um, in the best way possible with regard to how well modulated their blood sugars are. So why did I decide to use a CGM? I decided to try the continuous glucose monitoring because my best friend was doing it, and she is a dietitian too. And because I have studied metabolism throughout my career, oh my, what an exciting thing to do to understand how my personal metabolism varies throughout the day. But why else did I decide to do it? Well, because I'm a midlife woman, that means my hormones are changing, and I know that my insulin metabolism is changing. And I have a family history of diabetes, so for sure something's going on there. Unfortunately, I'm in my post-menopause phase. That means I've been through perimenopause, where my estrogen uh, was going up and down and up and down and all over the place, and my progesterone was decreasing, to now my post-menopause state, where I've got low estrogen and low progesterone, and elevated follicular stimulating hormone and elevated luteinizing hormone. So this is where I'm at and I know insulin resistance increases, particularly when estrogen goes low. So all of you midlife ladies, this is something to keep in mind. The other problem that I'm facing, as many women do, is I'm facing weight gain in the midsection. And this is something that we also see as estrogen and progesterone decrease. We see an um, a, a de a, an increase in body fat and particularly in the mid-region. Unfortunately, this increases risk of metabolic syndrome, which includes diabetes and heart disease, having elevated uh, low-density lipoprotein, cholesterol levels and triglycerides, elevated blood sugar, um, hyperactive insulin, and all of this affects energy metabolism. So it's time for me to do something about this. The final reason I decided to try a CGM is because I wanted to investigate it for our Phenomics Health digital platform so that our personalized nutrition that we have for um, midlife queen aging women could be further augmented and, um, and, and further optimized to help women to prevent the excessive weight gain that occurs around this time. So now this whole idea of personalization and continuous glucose monitoring really became popular when a paper was published by some Israeli scientists, Zevi et al., in uh, 2019. 
And this is where they showed that there was a personalized nutrition response that was very individual with regards to um, glycemic responses and carbohydrate food intake. They actually showed that different people could eat the same uh, refined carbohydrate and have a very different blood sugar reaction. So this is really what got people excited and interested in the fact that uh, when you actually, as a dietitian, provide nutrition therapy to a diabetic person, the, their response might be highly, highly individual. And certainly for some, to some degree, we'd already seen this in practice. But when we start thinking about health and how we manage our health and how we prevent chronic disease, we have to be able to use these same kind of tools to understand what, uh, what state of health we are in and what kind of adjustments we need to make. Because that's a time when we can make nutrition, lifestyle, holistic health, stress management adjustments that will be easier to make because we're experiencing less extreme health conditions and hopefully have yet to be diagnosed as, as having a disease. And so this is really my passion in, in life here is to manage health, to diagnose health. And so this is why I tried the continuous glucose monitor. And I have to tell you, as a scientist with over 25 years of experience, as a clinician, as a mother, as uh, a fully functioning food-eating human, <laughs> this has been fascinating for me and life-changing. So one more thing I want to tell you before I share the five things that I learned from my CGM is about calories and portions. As a dietitian, I always found that it was just too much detail and too draining when I had to give my, my patients very precise calorie counted meal plans and talk about portion sizes with them. And nor did they really feel particularly inspired. For me personally as well, I really don't enjoy counting my calories and I, it's such a small part of the larger picture. I feel that all it does is take away from the joy of eating. With that in mind, I have to tell you, I believe that I've learned another way to control portions and count calories without doing it. And that's with my CGM. So let's get started. The five things I learned. The first thing I learned is the order of my foods matter. Now, everybody has told me about the goddess, the glucose goddess, glucose revolution book. I have not read it yet. I, I'm looking forward to it. I believe that she made similar observations to what I just made in my own individual experience. It does matter. If I eat a banana first versus at the end of my breakfast, I will have a very different glucose response. So... Therefore, what I've seen and what makes sense to me as well is that eating the protein, the fats, and the fiber, high fiber foods before any kind of um, high carbohydrate dense foods help modulate my blood sugars, help make sure my blood sugars don't go too high, too fast, and don't also peak and come down too fast. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a couple of minutes. So protein and fats and fiber, then the carbs definitely works best. I also learned that when I have breakfast, a whole banana and cashew butter give me a huge glucose spike, cause me to go above the normal range, but not if I have one half of a banana and an egg. 
I also learned that four ounces of orange juice gives me the biggest spike of all. Four ounces of fresh squeezed pulp containing orange juice, only the best. But also, unsweetened oatmeal can wreak havoc when protein is not present. So unsweetened oatmeal with uh, nothing else causes my glucose to spike almost as much as from four ounces of orange juice. But if I have a boiled egg and the unsweetened oatmeal, my glucose is fine. It goes up just a little bit and it gradually decreases. Number four, those headaches that I get that I thought were just emotional stress, stress are actually caused by hypoglycemia. And the hypoglycemia is often after a quick and elevated glucose spike. That meaning that I eat something, maybe that's very simple sugar that causes my glucose to spike quickly. And that means that it comes down very quickly, maybe going just above the limit. And it's right after that point that I have a, a low blood sugar and a headache. This is what I consider to be a hyperinsulin state where my body actually overcompensates because of that quick spike. There's still insulin around to deal with the sugar, but there's no sugar to deal with that, it, that should be um, taken into the cells because the body's always maintaining homeostasis with the amount of sugar in the blood versus the amount of sugar in your cells. So what happens when you have excess insulin on board? Guess what your body does? It stores fat. So I have to tell you that this is very clear to me now why I've started putting on weight in my post, early postmenopausal state is because I'm eating foods that are causing these insulin spikes, obviously not realizing it. Obviously my body is more sensitive to it. I'm increasing myself in a hyperinsulin state to the point where I'm capable of storing more fat from maybe even, you know, a very healthy amount of calorie intake. So I've been doing this now for 10 days and I feel great. I've found that in many cases I have in fact cut my portions in half. I find that I'm careful about not snacking so that I don't cause continuous glucose peaks throughout the day. So I really try to keep that, um, that change in glucose in my blood um, to a, a very normal minimal level and not have extreme spikes throughout the day taking me up and down and up and down because we know that's not a healthy idea. And then number five, I confirmed that food is love. And so what do I mean by that? I had a wonderful meal with some lovely friends and great conversation three days ago. In that meal, at the end, I decided I wanted to have the dessert and I had made it. It was a gluten-free brownie um, with, uh, extra chocolate chips. And I said, I just, I really want to taste it because I made it and see if it's any good. And so I, I just had maybe a half of, uh, one of the pieces, but I knew that would be all that it would take to spike my glucose. And I said, okay, but I'm here having a good time. I've just had, you know, some lamb, some cooked veggies, some raw veggies. Um, I had some wine and, at the end of it all, after having that brownie, I had another little dessert. And I thought, oh my gosh, when I 
get home and I check my continuous glucose, it's probably going to be a disaster. Nope, it was not. In fact, my glucose went up just a little bit very gradually, just like you want to see, and then very gradually went down. I really attribute that to the fact that food is love because I loved eating that food. All of my friends made that food and I had amazing conversation. So this comes back to the idea that it really matters the environment in which we're eating. Are we stressed? Are we eating quickly? Are we eating alone and we don't wish to be eating alone? Are we having a marvelous time and really enjoying our food? So I think that's an important aspect of all of this when we're looking to personalize our nutrition is to really emphasize the importance of having joy when we're eating. So there you go. Those are my five things that I learned from my CGM and today's confessions of a dietitian scientist. I hope you enjoyed this. Stay tuned for more and thank you for tuning in.